Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Awesome. Great. All right, here we go. I'm excited to preach today. I'm super grateful. Pastor Eric is actually out of town. Um, he is with Kanan, who is graduating college, along with another kid who graduated college, and he graduated college. We called it the Baca year of graduations. That's kind of, that's kind of what happened, which is awesome, and so very proud of the Baca family and all that they're accomplishing. And so I get the privilege to speak today, and, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. I don't know if that's because I only got like four hours of sleep or God's really going to move, but we're just going to make it happen, okay? And so we're going to continue our series on heart and soul, and actually, uh, we're going to actually have you stand up one more time. Come on, just stand up one more time for me because we're going to get ready to read the word. I promise this is the last time. It's not Catholic Church, okay? You're good. Some of you who are Catholic understood that. Some of you who never been to Catholic church were like, what is he talking about? No, don't worry. You're good. We got you. We, got, we gave you coffee and iced coffee in the lobby this morning. You know what I'm talking about? So we're good. So we're going to read the word this morning, and we're going to jump right into the message. All right, here we go. Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. You can read it on the screen and follow me, or you can uh, go ahead and pull it up on your phone, your Bible. We're going to go ahead and read it. Here we go. Now, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its kings as he had done to Jericho and its king. And the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. Verse 2. He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai, and it was men were good fighters. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Puram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon. He said, because it was made, it has made peace with Joshua and all the Israelites. Verse five, then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon joined forces. They moved up all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites sent word to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. Jesus, we pray for the word this morning. God, I don't know who it's for, but I know it's for somebody. And I pray that as we communicate this word, I would get out of the way. And that, Jesus, you would begin to transform hearts and minds. We pray the gospel would be preached. We pray that we would hear what the Spirit is saying. And we give the rest of this service to you. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, the Thrive family said, amen, amen and amen. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message, the title of the conversation we're going to have, this, this, I believe, powerful word, and I, and I really believe it's going to be powerful, not because I'm preaching or any preacher special, but, but God's word, right? One word can change your life forever. One word. And I, and I don't know if this is for everybody, but I know it's for somebody. I, when I found out I was preaching today, I already knew what I was going to preach on like two months ago. I knew this was what was going to happen. And so if you're taking notes, the title of today's message is You're Not Alone. 
you're not alone. And it is absolutely fitting. We are in Thrive Group season. I'm excited for groups launching this week. It's going to be great. Groups are awesome. And if you haven't joined a group, you got to check one out. You got to join. There's groups for everyone. There's groups every day of the week. It is powerful. But more than that, it's just Thrive Group season. Uh, what we're really going to talk about as we go into this passage is, is you see Joshua and the, and the kingdom of Israel making alliances and forces and, and, and coming into agreement, right, with the Gibeonites. And we talked about that last week. And so I want to highlight a couple things in this passage that I believe would really help us. Because let, let me be honest, in this season, coming out of COVID, we have been so used to not being around people, it's, it, it can become unhealthy, guys. And this specific topic is really dear to my heart. This specific topic really matters to me because I grew up thinking that I really didn't need anybody. But how many of you know that's not true? And so I'm going to get in your kitchen a little bit today because I want to talk about relationships, not dating. I want to talk about the people in your life. I want to talk about how important it is to be connected to other people who love Jesus. Because the truth is, is oftentimes we're stuck or trapped, not because God's not doing anything, but we aren't focusing on the proper relationships we have in our life. And so I'm just going to go right into it. And so my first point is this, and y'all are going to laugh, but you know it's true, is that almost every problem is a relationship problem. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, you know that if that boss didn't work at your job, your life would be so much easier. Can I get a witness? Come on. Anybody know? Not, not me, though. Pastor Eric's great, okay, because he's my boss. Right? Marriage problems, family problems, the cousin you have to sit next to at Thanksgiving, Fourth of July is coming up, the person you're going to have to grill with. You know what I'm talking about? Every, every problem, so most of the time, every problem stems from a relationship problem. See, the funny thing about people is that God has designed it that we need them, but boy, do they drive us crazy. People will drive you nuts. And if you're in here and you're like, people don't bother me, I love everyone, you're a liar. <laughs> Man, when I, when I first became a pastor, I didn't realize how many, I, I thought all I had to do was preach. And then I realized, oh, I got to actually like hang out with people too. That's a whole different ball game. And like, don't get me wrong, Jesus calls me to love people, but I don't know if I really like them. Let's be honest. Some of you are in that, in that space right now. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you didn't mind COVID distancing. You're like, I'm cool working at home. Thank you, Jesus. That I don't have to sit next to Karen anymore. Come on. And if there's a Karen in the room, I'm not talking about you. You know what I'm talking about. Karen, Karen. We all got a Karen. I don't know what the dude version of Karen is, but whatever. Kyle, whatever. All right. But right, every, every problem is a relationship problem. And so, so I remember growing up, right, and, and, and I, I, my family was crazy. Like, I, I grew up in a very, uh, very unhealthy, broken home. And, and I actually, this is how crazy we were. I tried to find a picture of my family for this message. I, I wanted to see if I had a picture with me, my mom and dad, and all my five brothers, and there was no picture. Literally, in the years of growing up, we cannot sit still enough to take one picture together. 
Or if we did, we moved around so much that I can't find one, which is kind of funny. And so you just kind of have to imagine what my family looks like. It, it, it's kind of hard to imagine it. But, but, that, but my family was, was crazy, and, and I, I came up from a very broken background. My, my dad was a drug trafficker for the Mexican cartel, and my mom was a drug addict when she was a teenager. And actually, my parents had me at a very young age. My parents had me, uh, my mom was 15 when she got pregnant with me, and my dad was 17. And I grew up not knowing anything about the gospel, anything about Jesus, anything about faith. When I, I first heard the gospel when I was like 11, 12 years old, growing up in America, not knowing that Jesus died for me. That was my reality. And so because of that, this is what I have found to happen. Haven't you noticed that oftentimes, in especially a family context, the issues you have with your family tend to correlate with the issues you have with other people? I told you I was going to get in the kitchen a little bit. That's a little uncomfortable, but it's okay. And then I'm going to take a step further. Oftentimes, our relationships we have with our family, our immediate family, correlate with the relationship we have with God. So let me give you a perfect example. Because my father was in and out of my life, it was very difficult for me to trust Jesus as father. Right? The Bible, right? The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Right? That, that I had the hardest time with God being father because if I didn't have a father in my real life, in my physical life, in my surroundings, how am I gonna trust a God who is father, right? This is what I'm thinking as a young man, who I've never met in my entire life. And what tends to happen is we don't realize this. We will live our lives in broken relationships because we never let God heal the broken relationships of our past. Same thing with Jesus, right? The Bible says Jesus is a friend. And, and I grew up moving place to place. By the time I graduated high school, I went to 16 different schools. I went to more schools than there was grades. And, and that's because when your parents are drug addicts, either they pay the rent or uh, they, you know, they pay drugs. And, and that's kind of what happened. And so I moved around from place to place. So it was so difficult for me to find friends. It was so difficult for me to even trust people. I don't know about you, but that's a hard one, right? Trusting other people. And so this is what happened, right? I, I grow up in this very toxic, unhealthy, unchristian environment. And then all of a sudden, when I'm 12 years old, all of us get saved. That was a mess. Because just because you get saved from your past doesn't, you got to get the past out of you. You know what I'm talking about? Like God's got to do some things. I, I remember the most epic fights with my parents, man. The most epic fights when I was a Christian. Like I'm talking, I remember one time they got in a fight at our house. We lived in San Fernando Valley in LA and it was a heat wave, kind of like on Monday, what happened last week. And my mom got so mad at my dad. I don't know what put her in the state of mind. She broke the air conditioning. And look, I, I was roasting, man. Like I know I'm a little dark, but it was bad. It was 105 outside, and to prove a point to my dad, she broke the air conditioning. Like, she grabbed the unit and just ripped it off the wall like she was Hulk or something. And I'm like, what did you do? And she's like, your dad needs to learn. I'm like, learn what? Like, that we, we need to be like in 110 degree weather and melt? Like, that's not cool. And, I, and it was the most epic. I remember the most epic fights. And some of you can relate to me, Right? I saw this what happens. Let me, let, me bring it, let me bring it just full circle. And then 
God says that you are called and I am called and we are called to do church and life together. And boy, is that crazy because all of you and myself, all of us have a mess. And here we are trying to do church together and it's a little messy. But the only way, listen, the only way that God is going to heal you of broken relationships is you got to get some new relationships. God redeems us through the family of God. I want to say that again because some of us don't understand this. Because, because some of us in this season actually think that all we need is to maybe pray more and maybe fast more. And believe me, I love all those things. But actually what I believe is some of us in this season need to get around some people that we wouldn't get around before. And it's not because you need it or I need it. We need it together. God calls us to be the body. And the body cannot be the body without being connected. And God is so in love with you and is so in love with your heart and so in love with the calling on your life and, and doesn't even look at your past and wants to heal you so much that what does God do? God designed the church to heal itself, to heal each other. And from that place of healing, we're able to reach a lost and broken world. The problem is that sometimes you and I don't take that serious because we think that we can do it all by ourselves. And even if you look in the Old Testament, right, Genesis, the Bible says that in the beginning was, okay, I'm going to ask one more time for, for those that weren't the Bible nerds and they didn't know that was coming. It's okay. Makeup test. In the beginning was God. God. In the beginning was God. In the beginning was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's very important to understand. God didn't create the Holy Spirit. God didn't create Jesus. They all existed as God in the Trinity from the beginning. If you want to talk more about that, come see me another time because that's all I'm going to get into that one. That's another message for another day. But in the beginning, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in complete unity. And in that unity, the center of it is they are in relationship. And so the reason why you and I, right, we talk about how Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship. The reason why you and I are able to have a relationship is not because we need it, but in actuality, it's because the Trinity is in relationship. And if the Trinity is in relationship with the Godhead, you and I need relationship just as much. You and I are made to be interconnected with each other. And when I first got saved, guys, that drove me crazy because I soon realized that church people sometimes are just as broken as my messed up family. Not here at Thrive. I realized there was Karens inside the sanctuary. I said, help me, Jesus. But God has designed it that way because, because the way it works is that God needs you to get around some people that are either comfortable or uncomfortable so that you can grow out of what you used to be. Because when you got saved, instead of being part of your family tree, Jesus included you in his family tree. See, Jesus died on a tree so that way you can be part of his family tree. 
and that you and I, we're now brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we cannot neglect the calling of being with each other. And can I tell you that when you and I neglect the gathering of being together, the relationships, the alliances, what tends to happen is we go backwards instead of forward. And so let me help with this a little bit. Antonio, if you can help me out real quick, that would be great. Would be great. Point number two is this, is that, go ahead and put that up for me. That would be great. Is that is, if everything is important, nothing is. Come on, I want to say that again. Because some of us in here are trying to make everything happen all together all the time because we think everything's a priority, right? There can't be two number ones. You know what I'm talking about? If everything is important, nothing is. And so actually, I think the problem with church people, let me talk to the church folks in the house, including myself. The problem is, is that we, it's not that we don't have relationships. The problem is that we don't prioritize them. The problem is that you and I, we think that that's a necessary. And, and believe me, I'm preaching to myself. I have lived this. I thought that God sent me to thrive to help thrive. But yet I didn't realize that God sent me to thrive to heal me. God sent me to thrive not because he, I, he wanted to give me a platform. God sent me to thrive because he wanted to give me a father. He wanted to give me a family. He wanted to give me friends. He wanted to give me people I can trust. He wanted people to irk me to get the bad stuff out of my life. He sent me a family because I needed a family because I grew up in a broken family. And then for those that maybe don't correlate with that, and you're like, I didn't grow up with a perfect family or a broken family. My family was like pretty perfect. We loved Jesus. We prayed. We fasted. Then we need you. The Criscoses of the church need you to lead groups and make sure that we're okay because we got some stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And so oftentimes, especially during the season of COVID, what we do is we will make an excuse and we think that we don't have time for everything. So, so I want to just give you this little illustration, okay? I feel like this will help a little bit. All right. So this jar, right? This little jar is our life, right? Just, just pretty much. And I know it's like, well, my life's bigger than that. Really, though? Let's just make sure. I'm just kidding. I know this is all I can handle. And can I be honest? I pray that Jesus makes me this skinny. Come on, somebody. Coke bottle instead of Gatorade bottle anointing. All right, here we go. My life. And if the sand represents time, right? Because everyone has 24 hours in a day. Did you know that not one of you has more time than the other person? You have more money, but not more time. Everybody has the same amount of time. And this is what I believe. I believe there are three key relationships you need. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. There are three key relationships you need, okay? You need a Moses in your life. You need a mentor, father, pastor, friend. You need someone to speak into you. You need someone to give you a pow-pow. The way we say it in our family, like my family at home and my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, you need someone to meho or mihai you. For the white people, son, daughter, but with the tone. In Mexican culture, like the tone and the chancla in the hand, you know what I'm saying? You need someone to meho and mihai you. You need a father, a mentor, a pastor in your life, okay? You need a friend. You need a friend. So you need a Moses and you need a friend. You need a Caleb. You need someone that's going to champion you. You need someone that's going to believe in you. You need someone that's going to call you. You need someone that's going to say, hey, how's your work week this week? Hey, I'm praying for you. You're doing a great job. You're killing it, man. You need someone. If you don't have someone like that, get one. You need someone. I will help you find someone like that. I'll just introduce you to Pastor Juan. Because he's like Jesus on earth. He really is. 
He just encourages everyone. I love Pastor Juan. That, when I'm feeling down, I talk to Pastor Juan. Why? Because I can never do wrong with Pastor Juan. Or if I'm feeling like my message was trash, I talk to Pastor Matt because he thinks I'm the greatest preacher on the planet. <laughs> you need a friend in your life. And then listen, third one, you need a Joshua. You need someone to pour into. You need someone to disciple. You need to be a mentor to someone. And your kids don't count. Let's just say that for right now, okay? And I know they're a handful, but let's just say they don't count for this conversation because some of you are opting out of relationships because you think your kids are too much. You need someone else other than your kids to pour into because your kids don't listen to you anyways, let's be honest. They don't. They don't. Right? I, I, I have my, my brother Alex. I love my brother Alex. He's coming back home tomorrow. I can't stand that I tell him to do something at home and we're having a conversation and I'm walking through things in his heart and he's like, whatever, bro. And he comes back from youth on Wednesday. He's like, hey, bro, I had a conversation with Pastor Matt and I just feel like I'm struggling with this and this and I get my life together. I was like, bro, I just told you this on Monday. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but you know, Pastor Matt just broke it down. I was like, I taught Pastor Matt how to say that. <laughs> you need some people in your life. And this is what I would tell you. If you can identify those three things right now in your life, you probably don't have a healthy relationship cycle. You don't. And this is what we think. We think, well, Pastor Chris, I can't mentor someone. I can't speak into someone. I, can't, I don't have time for friends. I don't have time to meet with the pastor. I'm just too busy. And this is what we do. We tend to fill up our life with everything else that doesn't matter first. We'll fill up our life with video games, with food, with extra hours, with whatever, right? And this, this is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do. Especially uh, as humans, we do this all the time. And then we try to fit all the three things we need, right? We, the, the Moses, the pastor in our life, the, the, the friend in our life, the, the, the mentee, the disciple, that person we're going to pour into in our life. This is what we try to do. We try to fit them all, but it don't fit. It doesn't fit. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll switch it out. Maybe I won't talk to pastor or whoever for whatever, and I'll just pour into it, but then I'm not getting fed. And you know what? Maybe I'll just get fed, and I'll pour into people, but then I got no encouragement. This is what we're doing. We're playing a balancing game, and we have no time for anything. We feel like our time is restricted, and the problem is, is that it's not the restriction. We put the wrong things in the wrong priority. But if you were to put them all in the beginning, if you were to prioritize the right relationships first, then everything else will fit. See, everything else is surrounded by it. And so there is no excuse, family, there's no excuse, body, to say that I don't have time for relationships because God has given you the time for relationships. The key is, is that we have to learn that everything is not as important as what we think. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. What does that mean? The kingdom's first, everything else is after. You got to learn to prioritize certain things in your life, family. Well, you know, I don't have time for group. Listen, you need group. Some of you, you need group in this season. Your son does not going to need to go to another soccer game. You need group. I'm just being honest. And some of y'all are like, I know. I know you think that he's going to go all the way. He might, and we're going to champion it. But probably not, and that's okay. Your soul needs to get healthy. Like, I love Zadok. He's going to play baseball. But I'm not thinking he's going to be the next Derek Jeter. I'm just not. I know him. He looks like a potato like his dad. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am not going to neglect the spiritual healthiness of my family for an activity that won't affect his eternity. I'm going to say that again because that was really good. That wasn't even the notes. That was free. 
We'll use that one as the quote this week. I will not let a, a physical activity affect the spiritual eternity of my family. I won't. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I love Jesus and their eternity and their heart matters way more than what they do in this life. And how does God heal us? Through people. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> and I say that not because it's like, I, I wish they'd be like, yeah, so much joy through people. Yay. It's like, no, dude, some of these people, some of these people. But you know the only way that God was going to heal my heart of a father because of the father wounds of my life was God had to send me a father. The only way that God was going to heal my wounds of my mother was that God sent me moms. You know how I needed to grow in friendship? Jesus needed to send me friends. Jesus needed to send me friends that I trusted and I loved. And you know who I, how I learned how to be a son? I poured into other sons. I poured into other people. I poured into other young people or even older people. And you know what's the crazy thing is it's not an age thing, right? You could be 20 and you could be discipling someone that's 40. Or you could be 60 and discipling someone that's 20. You can have a friend. Some of my closest friends are people way older than me. That's always been my life. And so it's not an age thing. And we have to learn to prioritize the relationships. You guys are following me? Okay, a few more points and I'm done. Third point, because here's the truth. You can't conquer alone. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 10 that Gibeon was about to go to war with the rest of the Amorite kings. And this is what Gibeon did. Gibeon called Joshua, right? And they didn't have cell phones back then, but just, you know, whatever. Hey, we need your help. Can I tell you, and I, oh, I feel this from Jesus, the reason why you can't conquer what you're trying to conquer in this season is because you are trying to do it alone. You have been stuck in sin. You've been watching things on the internet you're not supposed to. You've been disrespectful to your spouse. You've been struggling with insecurity. You've been struggling with anxiety. You've been struggling with depression. You've been struggling with fear. You've been struggling. You've been struggling. There's some kings in front of you guys. There's some kings in front of my life. There's some kings that God has called me to conquer. But here's the deal. You are not called to conquer them alone. The Bible says that Gibeon, we're going to learn about it next week. Gibeon and Jerusalem conquered all five kings together. And I'm going to read to you even some of these kings' names, right? Because their definition of their names are super powerful. Jerusalem means peace. Adonai Zedek means false righteousness. Hoam means urges or temptations. Puram means reckless or wildly. And then Japhia, I'm sorry, Lachish means invisible. Some of you are fighting some kings. Some of you are fighting a Lachish in this season because you feel like you're invisible and no one cares. Some of you are fighting a king or fighting this thing that feels like, man, it's just temptation and there's urges and I just can't beat it. Some of you are fighting some things right now and you feel like you're fighting them on alone, but I want to tell you that you don't have to be alone because you're not called to be alone, that God created a body, God created a church on earth so that you can conquer the things that God has called you to conquer. God has called you, called us to link arms and do it together, man, because we were never meant to live life alone. We were never meant to do this thing alone. You know, I think of that name Jerusalem, the name City of Peace. And some of us, especially after COVID, we are trying to conquer the anxiety and worry of our life. 
and you are doing it by yourself. And most of the time, the battle isn't in prayer, but the battle's between the ears, and it's up here. And Pastor Chris, I don't know why, but I just feel stuck, and I feel lost, and I feel broken, and I just feel like every time I take one step forward, I take two steps back. I'm trying, I'm trying, but it's not working. Let me tell you, let's get together with some people, and I promise that God will bless you and give you the grace to conquer what he's going to have you conquer. I would never be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the people in my life. For the, for the fathers, like Pastor Eric and, you know, Pastor Alberto has been a, a huge hero of mine. We brought him in a couple months ago and, and other people who spoke into my life. For the friends that are in my life, for the, for the Pastor Matts and the Pastor Benz and, and the people, and the, and the people I, I, I poured into, I, I, I am who I am. I am a sum of relationships. I am the redeemed. I stand up here humbly as someone who's redeemed, not just by the gospel and the cross, but by the family of God. I'm not up here because I'm special. I'm up here because a bunch of people decided to love me when they didn't, when I didn't deserve to be loved, to pour into me when I didn't deserve to be poured into, that saw me not through my brokenness, but through my calling. And can I tell you that that's the beautiful, amazing thing about the church. No matter what anybody says about that out there, nobody, what anybody talks mess about the church and what the church is doing, let me tell you, it is better in here than anywhere else. I love this quote. It says this. He, uh, I forgot who it was. as an author. He says this. He says, I left the church because I realized it lacked grace, but then I came back to the church because I realized it was only the place that had grace. You will never find out there what God has intended for the house to carry in your heart here. Family, stop trying to do this alone. I, I, I really I pray for this, man, that some of you are trying to fight alone and you don't have to anymore. Pastor Juan, can you help me? Thanks. Last point. My last point is this. And the truth is that although we need people, Jesus is also the greatest friend we can ever have. So I have a story. So I uh, grew up in a very inconsistent, crazy household. I'm the oldest of five brothers. And uh, one time I go, I go to uh, this pizza parlor. It was like in SoCal. It was called Peter Piper's Pizza. It was lit. It was like the John's Incredible of Woody or SoCal area. It was so dope. It was like massive. And my, my grandma would take me on Mondays or Tuesdays because I got adopted by my grandma, my aunt, and they would take me on Monday or Tuesdays because it was cheap. Come on, $5.99 buffet, amen. Shoot. We ain't going on the weekends, but I'll take you on a Monday, Chris. I'll tear that up. We go, and um, I meet a, a, a group of kids like normal, I mean, like I'm a kid and I meet a group of kids and it's a baseball team. I, I remember the team. I don't know where they were from, but they were the Tigers. They had on their white jerseys and their baseball caps. And, and I was like terrible at sports. So I was like, ooh, they're baseball players. This is like a cool. And so what did I do? I hung out with them the whole time. You ever do that as a little kid? You hang out with someone that you never met. And then like at the end of the day, you're like, we just became best friends. <laughs> and so this is what happened. I hung out with these baseball kids all day and they like welcomed me. It was like kind of like thrive in the lobby, right? Like, like they just welcomed me. And I was like, yeah, I'm part of, I'm, I feel like I'm an honorary tiger. And this is what I said. I was, I was eight years old. And I'll never forget this. And I'm not being dramatic. I'm honest. I, I, they're, they are going to leave. They're, they're, I think they had like a, 
like a ceremony or, or something like honor all the players. And so they got done, and then one of the kids was like, hey, we're going to get going, but it was, it was cool hanging out, man, or something like that. I don't know. He didn't sound like an adult. He was like an eight-year-old kid. And he's like, all right, bye. And I, and I look at the kid. I don't remember his name. And there was a couple kids around him, and this is what I said. I said, oh, cool. And I said, listen, don't forget about me. That's what I told him. You can laugh. It's kind of... It's like, I don't know if I should laugh or cry right now. That's so sad. That's what I told him. I did. I told him, hey, don't forget about me. Because my whole life, I felt like I was invisible. If my parents didn't love me, then there's no way Jesus loved me. It hits a different way because I remember feeling like I couldn't keep friendships. I, I, I moved around so much and I feel like no one really loved me. And then at 12 years old, I meet a man named Jesus. See, some of you know what I'm talking about with this. When I was talking about relationships and friendships and church family, you understand, and I believe God was speaking to you, but some of you came this morning or are watching online and none of that registered because you never even met the person. You never met the person on why we're all here. You, you've never had a relationship with the God on why we all worship, why we all gather, why we do this thing with church. Can I tell you, friend, that if you've been in this season and you feel like you're alone, that it's an absolute lie, that God wants to come close and that God wants to come near and that he will never, ever, ever forget about you. I remember getting saved and um, it blew my mind that God wanted me. It messed me up because no one wanted me. And then to discover that he created a place called the church who wanted me just as much as Jesus did. Wow. And I believe that that would be the church that we are here at Thrive, that we would be that to the world, that we would be a place where people can call home. That doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter what's going on. Listen, I know there's sin and we're gonna hold the line and we're gonna call things out, but, 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 but in the core of it, we would be a place that no matter how messed up, how screwed up, how your family is, what your last name was, that Jesus would call this place home for you and that we would love you. And if this isn't the place, we'll find you somewhere else because the kingdom is bigger than just one place and you are called to family. And so let me tell you, friend, you're not alone today. I know you felt like it all year. I know you feel like it right now. I know you feel like no one cares and no one loves you, but I tell you that Jesus is the greatest friend you can ever have. Do me a favor, stand to your feet with me, family. I just wanna do this. Before we let you go, I gotta do this. Every head bow, every eyes closed. For those of you, I feel like God is stirring your heart on this message. I want you to sign up for a group today afterward. And I want you to find a, a, a group that you connected. Or maybe it's just, I'm going to come to church every week and stop skipping. Like, just do something. And so I believe God is stirring your heart for that. And I love that. But, but the, my first main question is I got to ask some people in the room that, man, you don't know Jesus. Or maybe you knew Jesus a long time ago, but it's been a long time. It's been a long time. You took your relationship with God serious. It's been a long time. And I want to tell you that you're not alone anymore. You don't have to be alone. That, that, that Jesus is closer than a brother. That's what the Bible says. I want to invite you into a relationship with God that I believe would change your life forever. And if that's you and if you 
are in this room and you're saying, you know what, I felt alone in this season and I don't know God or I haven't accepted God and I wanna accept Jesus in my heart. I wanna meet the Jesus that you're talking about, Pastor Chris. I wanna meet the Jesus that you are, you're preaching about. Do me a favor, slip up your hand for me. Come on, anybody in the room? That's awesome, that's awesome. I see those hands, it's so great. That's so great, that's so good. That's so good. You can put your hand down, go ahead. I want you to repeat after me, just say this with me. Just say, Jesus, this morning, I give my life to you. I confess that you're Lord, that you're God. And Jesus, I'm sorry for everything I've done. I pray you would draw near. I believe in you, that you died on the cross, that you rose again, and that you're coming back. And help me to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Stay right there. If you just said that prayer, you just said the greatest prayer of your life. I want to pray for the rest of the body, and then we're going to let you go. Jesus, I pray for my friends. I pray for everyone in the house. God, I pray that we would be a family. I pray, God, in our mess and our brokenness, God, that you would redeem and you'd restore. God, I pray that summer session of groups, God, that you would speak and move. Jesus, I pray that you would redeem and you would heal. God, I pray that we would be reminded to prioritize you, God, and the relationships we need in our life. Jesus, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and our minds and you would continue to do what you're doing. And God, I pray for every person in here and online that they would know they are not alone because you are with them. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on. Can we just give it up for Jesus this morning? Come on. So many hands risen. Come on. That's awesome. Love you guys. Amen. Listen, if you said that prayer, do me a favor, text this number on the screen. We want to connect with you. We want to know what's going on in your life. We want to help you in any way we can. If we could throw that connect number on the screen, that would be great. Family, Thrive Group signups are still happening. Groups launch this week. Get in a group. We love you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. We will see you guys soon. Love you guys. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.